The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and doctor of internal medicine, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-890-9783. There's a couple of different ways to get in touch with us today. This is Dave Alexander along with Dr. Franklin Weefall, and uh, we are at the Man Expo at the Jim Graham Building. Right, I, I can't hear me either, but we're going to Are we on? Yeah. yeah. I can hear myself, but not you. Not me. I, I'm not plugged in. All right. That's all right. So there's a couple of different yeah, ways I can to hear get you through now. to us. Well, you know, this is experimental, so. We are at the Man Expo at the Jim Graham building, and we're uh, broadcasting live, which is really the best way to broadcast, as, right. as they say. A medical show on men's health, and it, we could easily get out of hand. Uh, yeah, but you know, we're mature elderly individuals <laughs> who know when to shut up. All right, Dr. Franklin Weefold and Dave Alexander at the Man Expo. If you got some time this afternoon, come on out in the next, yeah. you know, it's, it's, an I, hour. You know, you know, not talking about health. This is a great place. It is. I mean, they've got all sorts of things uh, that have to do with uh, men's, you know, education and uh, livelihoods and getting uh, in fun, shape, right? Fun. They've got these cars here that you know nobody can afford, but it's fun to look at. That Bronco. And um, I'm really excited. I walked around a little bit and really enjoyed it. Good. Topics on the show include the following. The fact that we have two transplant stories today. Coffee, is it good for you? Is it not good for you? It was great for some kid. For this kid. It's an amazing story. And Bill Gates has suddenly discovered that Google Health tips are not reliable. Uh, no. Who knew the internet's not really giving you a full picture on health? Well, you know, it's a skewed picture, let's put it that way. And, and, and you know, I, my daughter used to Google her symptoms and she yeah. told me everything ends yeah, yeah, yeah. in cancer, you know. Everything? Well, cancer's a big deal on Google and I don't, you know, cancer is a big deal. Sure. But everything is cancer on Google, everything. All right. We're also gonna talk about white coat hypertension, questions from the floor here. We've invited some folks to come in. Great. If you're, I you know if you're at the Man Expo or nearly here. If you're here and you want to ask a question, yeah. come on down. Good. And in the last segment of the show, I'm going to ask the most well-prepared and yet impertinent man's health question ever. Because I've been thinking about this always oh, since I turned 50. Uh-oh. I've been thinking about this question. So where do you want to start? Well, let's talk first. This is a man expo. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's something that really does distinguish a man from a woman. And that is the testosterone level in our bodies. Okay. Now, I don't know if you knew, know this, but there has always been a question, why do men have nipples? Okay. Have you ever thought uh, about that? Uh, no. Not, you mean other men? Well, men. No. Okay. No, women, women have a function associated <laughs> with them. All right. Okay, so the way it starts is as the fetus <laughs> develops, the structures in a man and a woman are identical. 
Okay. In a fetus. Sure. So with the presence of the Y chromosome and a higher level of testosterone, yes. the two ovarian precursors become the man testicle. Yes. And everything forms into the man. But the nipples stay the same. They just don't have a function in a man. Yes. Well, testosterone then, and therefore, as estrogen is for the woman, right. it is the defining hormone for sexual characteristics. And not only that, people don't realize. When I talk about testosterone in my office, they all think that it's only about one thing. But testosterone is essential for brain health, for muscle mass, for adequate levels of red blood cells. And you know, we always worry about osteoporosis in women. And so we're so concerned about osteoporosis, and rightly so, we check the bone density levels, we treat with certain medications, but the number one cause of osteoporosis in a man is a low testosterone level. Yeah. It's true. And then I think more than anything else, it's a sense of well-being. It's feeling good. Yeah. And, it, you know, people associate testosterone with aggression. You ever seen all these movies yes. when there's an aggressive man, they say too much testosterone. Yeah. There are conditions where men have too much testosterone, and there is a level of aggression involved. One of the number one reasons for too much testosterone is illicit testosterone supplementation. So you remember that baseball player, Barry Bonds? Yes. I mean, yeah, it helps. There's no doubt. It builds muscle mass. It builds coordination. It gets your mind in a sort of physical bent. Yeah. But it it can hurt, too. And the long-term effects of too much testosterone are not good either. So I'm talking from someone who is taking testosterone. How do you, do you, how do you get it? Well, I mean, many, what is the Okay, let me tell you how system. I got it. And this is, I, I did 18,000 heart catheterizations. Yeah. 18,000. Now, the generally accepted limit is 10,000. So I took off my radiation badge about seven years ago because it had already gone over the limit. And here I thought, you know, I'm just invulnerable. Well, about three years ago, couldn't get out of bed, felt terrible, thought I had sleep apnea, didn't. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't know what was wrong. So I went to my doctor and she's wonderful, Renee Watson. She's a primary care specialist physician in Smithfield, North Carolina. Renee, if you're listening, you're wonderful. And she checked. And mine was 135. What? What? Your testosterone yeah, level? Yeah, normal for my age group would be 260 and above. Yeah. So I went on supplementation. First, I started off with the gel, which you rub all over your bare body. I couldn't get my level up enough. Okay. okay. So I went to the injections, and they work. Now everybody thinks, oh my God, it's an injection. It's called Depot Testosterone. So it is in an oil-based compound, and what you do is you give yourself an injection. Generally, they say every two weeks. Yeah. And you adjust the level based on uh, the amount, based yeah. on your level. And I've had to adjust mine. But I tell you, I'd never go without it. Now, never. I heard two things about testosterone. I have heard that low T will cause you to be cranky and miserable and it's et true it, it is true well i'm still cranky and miserable okay but, but at least i'm <laughs> i'm an excited cranky and when miserable. i say cause you to become i, I don't know. mean you well it's true okay so low t but high t 
is it actually associated with the level of uh, yeah, high blood pressure, inappropriate aggression, inappropriate aggression, high blood pressure, acne. Yeah. So one of the ways that Barry Bonds was was uh, not only did he hit seventy seven home runs, yeah, like Bam Bam, yeah, but he had acne. He was irritable. Yeah. He would punch walls. He would scream and yell at people. So yeah, I mean, too much testosterone, and it can cause liver damage. It's right. associated with other problems. But I tell you, um, it is a lifesaver. It was a lifesaver for me. Now to get to the point, my yeah. radiation exposure is why I have a low testosterone. And even though I wore these heavy lead jackets to prevent it, I mean, I had four thousand pacemakers, and so. I'm not going to do those anymore because right. it's also associated with leukemia and other cancers. But it is something that you need to ask your doctor to check. Now, right. there's an old shibboleth that you can't give testosterone supplementation to heart patients. And okay. so for a long time, we would see these heart patients who'd be depressed, have low sexual desire, right. low sexual function. And we'd find they have a low testosterone. We go, up oh, too yeah. bad. Yeah. We yeah, give you, you testosterone, you're going to have a heart attack. And the problem was, it was like everything else. It was supposed and not proven. Right. Well, now they've done some major studies and shown that not only is it not dangerous, it is helpful. So that those people who have heart disease, this is a subgroup demonstrated to have heart disease, okay. they will be better and have a lower risk of heart disease yeah. if their testosterone levels are returned to normal. Now, nobody knows what will happen if they're super normal. Okay, I don't super know. Normal, but returning someone's testosterone to normal gives yeah. them a better sense of well-being. Okay. It will uh, help their sex life, which is important. I mean, you know, even though these people are in the study group were older, yeah. There's no reason for them not to enjoy it. And Is it a fountain of youth? Is that the I one would not thing we were looking for? I would not say it's a fountain of youth, but I would say that it's an important part of yeah. any man's life. Okay. And I think that it's something that needs to be addressed. And I've had other patients come back, and they've told me that their family doctor has told them that I'm not prescribing correctly wrong okay oh you looked testosterone it up. well no that i keep up okay i read all the time right that's my point you and and the fact that i have experience in low t and experience in the treatment of low t i can i can tell people from the beginning that if we can get your level correct you're going to feel better okay. much better do you have a question for us I do. what is your what is your name we've got a listener and a speaker right here my name Denise, Hi, Denise, would you come closer to the microphone and come and talk to us? Denise has just joined us at the booth. We're at the Man Expo at the Jim Graham Building. Come on down and, and see yes, us. Yes, my question is, I had two stents put in last September. Oh, you're an amateur. Congratulations. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What were I'm, your, yeah, go ahead. What's your question? I'm sorry. I my question you. is why I didn't have a heart attack. Good. But the Widowmaker was 95% blocked, and the right was 90. Yeah, so the Widowmaker right. is the front artery. Yeah, it's the left the anterior left. descending. Feeds the most important part of the heart. Right. Yeah, that's okay. why they call it the Widowmaker. Oh, right. Well, but, you know, you would have been a widower maker. True. Right. 
But my question is, what is your opinion or thoughts on not staying continuously on a blood thinner right now? Oh, very important question. I am on Berlinta, yes. 90 milligrams twice a day and with an aspirin. 81 milligrams, right? Yes. Yeah. They don't want you to take the big aspirin. Yes, correct. But what's your thought about stopping okay. the actual you know, blood thinner yeah. and staying on? Did they tell on? you at least two years? No. Can we talk about that? One, One year. year. Okay, so the data on this are not great um, because they haven't really looked beyond two years. Um, I was in the brainwash two years era where I would keep, and I still do, keep my patients on it. One of the things that has been shown is that when you go off, there's a higher risk of another event. Yeah. So my feeling, what I recommend to my patients is that I would stay on it unless, number one, you've had a problem bleeding um, or uh, reaction to it. You know, Berlinta can cause, very rarely, a difficulty with breathing. Yeah, so I had gone can, through that. that I was on the, uh, it took about three months to get used to yeah. it. And um, the other medications work fairly well. Um, there's Effiant, which is Prasibrel, mm -hmm. and it's a once a day, 10 milligrams. It functions very well. Um, what these medicines do, is they work on the platelets. The platelets are these little tiny blood cells mm -hmm. that can cling to the stent. Now, the reason why they go, it used to be when we had bare metal stents, just pieces of metal, we would only do six months. The problem, you, I'm sure you've got a state-of-the-art stent. And those are coated um, with a, a actual anti-cancer drug to yeah. prevent growth of scar tissue. So the coating is very sticky to platelets. Now, over time, the inside of your artery will grow through the stem so that if I looked in with a telescope, microscope, I couldn't tell the stem. Now, right now, you probably have little pieces of metal you can still see. So the whole idea was, how long do we need to treat you in order to make sure all the struts are covered by what we call endothelial cells? Now, a year is now some standard, two years is now some standard, but guess what? Now they have a lower dose of uh, Brylenta, 60 milligrams twice a day, that seems to prolong the effect up to five years of not having another event, like a heart attack, or a situation when you have to go in and get one. There's also, have you heard of Xarelto? Mm -hmm. So now there's a study that shows Xarelto 2.5 milligrams twice a day after you finish your um, Brylenta and staying on aspirin actually does almost as good and some people would say better job at preventing another problem in the future. So what, what do you think about if I would get off the Brylenta, would you up the aspirin from 81 to 325? I wouldn't. Now aspirin's a funny thing. Okay? It does two things. It prevents clots, but it also pro helps promote clots. So there is a pro-clotting factor and an anti-clotting factor. The arteries themselves anti-clot. Mm -hmm. But if you give too much aspirin, then that anti-clotting factor goes down. So we've tried to figure it out. And you know there's never been a big study on whether 81 is really better than 325. But the 81 seems to get rid of the platelet pro-clotting and not get rid of the artery lining anti-clotting. So I would keep you on 81 from here. You look great by the way. Thanks. Thank tell you very me, much. can you tell us what happened to you, what your symptoms were, and how they discovered it? I was short of breath, and uh, my daughter, who is a cardiology nurse practitioner, 
she, I love nurse practitioner. Yeah, she's a good one. But, um, you know, it was in the summer. I blamed it on, but, you know, the humidity and, and a little bit of weight gain. And she said, Mom, you're getting checked. I said, there's nothing wrong with me. But you didn't have that classic no. tightness. Nope. See, this is why I think, here we are at the Man Expo. Yeah, yeah. But I think we need to emphasize that and this is not a sexist statement. Women don't have the same symptoms as men most of the time. It's fatigue, shortness of breath, yeah. a sense of just not being right. Yeah, I and was tired. Did, did your physician listen to you? Um, well, I hadn't really, you know, been checked uh-huh. other than, you know. But she when had you went in, up, did oh, you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she had set everything up. And Great. And I was checked really good. Did you have a stress test? Yes. How was that? Uh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> it happened. So you tried to walk on a treadmill. I thought I was doing good. Yeah. But apparently I didn't do yeah. very so good. So they had the injection thing. It's yeah, called I had, a stress. Oh, That's okay. A myobuse scan and it showed a lack of blood flow. Yeah, I just had that a couple of weeks ago. Because I was getting more short. I was feeling, I just wasn't feeling myself. Uh-huh. But my heart and everything checked out good. It might be the Brilento. I mean, it's a great drug. But sometime, I mean, I had a patient. Who I'm came, fine now. I'm not well, short of breath yeah. anymore. Or, it, you it, know. Your body probably got used to it. Yeah. But I had a patient that was really short of breath after the stent, and it turned out to be the brain. Oh yeah. yeah, it took it took a good three or four months to get used to it. Well, here's the thing that I would tell you. It sounds like you've got good doctors. Okay? I do. If they want you to stop it one year. I would do it because you know they know you, they know your body, they know you inside and out, and it sounds like they've got a good idea. Well, thank you very much. You look, by the way, thank I you. would. You're one of those people walking down the street. I would say, geez, she never has heart disease. Thank you. All right. But that's the issue. Yeah. The whole point. You don't know. The outer body doesn't tell you what's inside. All right. Thank you. Thank we you. are at the Man Expo at the Jim Graham Building. That's why it sounds like it's a loud place because we're in a loud place. Come on out. We're going to be here till five o'clock. Probably be tearing down for another fifteen minutes after that. But Come on and ask a question of the doctor. We're going to talk about coffee and a miraculous outcome for a young person in just a moment on Heart Health News Radio 680 WPTF. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefald on News Radio 680 WPTF. And we are live on the air between now and 5 o'clock. Young lady, what is your name again? I'm Angie. Angie is from the radio show that comes after our radio show. I sure You're am. from the healthcare people. I sure am. My boss, Bridget, is the host of the show that comes on after you. Is it is the healthcare only a diet idea, or is there more behind it than just the Diet? We're not a diet. You're not a diet? We're not a diet. What are we are you? a slight lifestyle change. Right. So if you have any questions, we schedule consultations. We are scheduling consultations here at the expo this weekend. So come see us. We're right here in the middle of the expo. Okay. What are the things that we can take care of with these slight adjustments? Sure. We help reverse symptoms of type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, IBS. We also have seen results for gout and all that good stuff. So. There's a ton of stuff, Doctor. Oh, yeah. Get us well, sick I, they because sound, we're they heavy. sound like me. Give us an example. Suppose I came to you okay. and said, I feel terrible. I right. eat at McDonald's. I don't exercise. I smoke. And I want to feel better. Okay. 
So we would put you in front of our coaches and we would schedule something specifically tailor-made to you. We would give a program customized specifically to you. And if we don't see results within 30 days, we'll give you your money back. Well, hey. Do you ever refer like to a doctor and say, look, your blood pressure is a little high. Let's get you on something. And in addition, work on this diet and exercise thing. Okay, so we do work hand in hand with your doctor that you're already That's seeing. Great. So we're not trying to replace your doctor. We oh, are not yeah. medical. So anything, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of that would be monitored by your doctor, but we're going to help you see the reverse signs of that. Are That's you great. making me run around the office? Oh, or no, doing... no exercise. I don't exercise. Do you? Yeah. I don't. No, you just you said that like you knew the answer. <laughs> you don't exercise, do you? Did you see what they've set up over there? Yes. There's an obstacle course with one of those big truck tires here at the Jim Graham building yeah, at the no Man way. Expo. I'm thinking, no. no. Not no, for me. Let's not do not that. Not for me. Not for us. How Thank did you, you get into this? Yeah. So I have known my boss for about four years. So I saw her as she was starting the company and I saw her before she did the company herself and she she herself lost 60 pounds on the health stair. And so she is our best success story and she has been changing lives ever since. Are there health dares around the country? Is this a larger thing? We are only in North Carolina and South Carolina right now. We're in Raleigh and Greensboro. Right. So we do have neighbors over there in Greensboro. And then we're down in South Carolina. Our executive office is in Greenville. We're also in Columbia. Very good. Very good. Thank you. You've got a good radio voice too. She does. Thank you. Are you ever on the show? Not yet. Okay, well, not listen. Yet. Uh, well, right. right. Tell you no. what, you're not going to be on her show. You can be on our show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she I'm just right was. here right now. There she just go. was. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Health Care nice Radio Show you. is yes. on at 5 o'clock after our show is done every Saturday. Excellent. Thank you. Let's talk about that kid. We've got about a minute and a half to talk about this young person who. And maybe you can't. Maybe you can't do it. In yeah, a no, and a half. it's a great thing. Okay, so coffee. Yeah. We hear all these things on the radio. Is coffee good for you? Yeah. Is it bad for you? Yep. One study says it's terrible. Another study says it's great for you. Right. Well, there's a very interesting case. There was a young gentleman who had a genetic defect and it was called ADCY5 related dyskinesia that's just the enzyme deficiency what a coincidence me too yeah he was born with it and so he would have involuntary movements jerking twitching tremors and there's really nothing they could find to help him so one day they gave him a cup of coffee coffee tour (laughs) and it went away really oh my gosh so They were amazed and they didn't, you know, it didn't, the first sip didn't do it, but the kid loved coffee. And so he said, Ma, give me another cup. (laughs) And sure enough, they were able eventually to make correlation. And then you know what happened? What? They gave him a cup of decaf. And it didn't work, did it? It didn't work. It didn't work. All right. So now. We've got to take a break for the news and then we're going to talk more about Things here at the Man Expo, including Bill Gates deciding that the internet isn't perfect. That's coming up next. Now back to heart health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on News Radio 680 WPTF. The Man Expo on the radio by way of the Jim Graham Building. Dr. Franklin Weefold, Dave Alexander, and Jennifer Jennifer Arbuchel. Archibald. Archibald. Yes. 
And you Beautiful are from what organization again? The Foundation of Hope. Foundation of Hope. Tell us about the Foundation of Hope and get near the microphone. Hey! Because, hey! Okay. <laughs> All right. On. So the Foundation of Hope is a foundation in Raleigh. We are the Angus Barnes nonprofit. Right. We do a big walk for hope every October, and we also have an Evening of Hope gala in September. And this is to raise money to find to fund research. Right, we fund research grants at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh -huh. So um, research from PTSD to postpartum to autism, Alzheimer's, all of mental illness related studies. Well, and you know, from a cardiac point of view, it's very important because depression after a heart attack is a really big thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, I think that this is wonderful. I encourage everybody to go out. And, and to walk and to raise money, what are the dollar figures? What are we looking at in a, in a year? As far as how much we've raised? Yeah. So what we raise in a year? Last year's walk, we raised over 525000 at the Walk for Hope. Yeah. So we were really excited. It was a big year for us. So how do you, do you, is it, you, you raise money by getting sponsors? So you can sign up, yes. So we have sponsors that help fund or that help put on the event. And then we have people you can sign up online and start a team or you can come individually. Our registration is open now. So you can go to walkforhope.com and sign up for the walk in October now, which is on Sunday, October 13th. We'll be there. We'll have a team <laughs> from Millennia Cardiovascular yeah. slash... Heart Health WPTF. Like and that. it's a fun day. And we sign up, does someone sponsor you per mile or how does it work? You just sign up and you fundraise however you think. We have people who do bake sales, people who sell raffle tickets, any way you can to raise money for the cause. I'm going to do hot dog sales right in front of no, his I'm going to sell, sell autographed pictures of Dave Alexander. Or what I could do is sell. Um, what are those things that people run on them? What are the treadmills? Treadmills. <laughs> At your office. Okay. Because you will be telling people that they need to walk. Okay. They need to walk. And we'll raise that money. That would be we'll perfect. Okay. Absolutely. All right. We're going to put out the call again to you in a month or two Absolutely. before the event. Yeah. It's we so will much fun. definitely. There's, we've got live music. We've got, you get Angus Barn lunch. There's vendors there that you can talk to. I yeah. mean, there's a whole slew of things going on that day. It's a good family day. Jennifer, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. Jennifer. It was nice to meet y'all. Wonderful thing you. you're doing. Good to meet you. you. It's a wonderful thing. Okay. Mental health is interesting. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. I read a book yeah. <clears throat> recently um, by, you know who Dylan Klebold is? Klebold. He yes, was yes, one yes, of the I do. kids Sad. at Columbine. Yes. And I read a book by his mom. All you know, right. can you imagine? She had no idea. So oh. she got into talking about brain illness as opposed to mental illness. Because yes. the concept is, is yes. that this is a malfunction of the brain. Yeah. And there's such a negative connotation when you use the word mental illness. And I think that's terrible. We need to get over that. Because right. it is as physical a problem. And plus, this spectrum of these illnesses yes. is so great that I think, I think we need to really support these people. Because research into what we can do to alleviate PTSD, depression, bipolar disorder, yep. schizophrenia, yep. goes a long way. And if we could just stop people from hurting people so that there were fewer people with PTSD, right. that honestly there are children being hurt, and not to go into the details, but being hurt, and then they carry that with them the their whole life. life. Yeah. Until 
it's properly assessed and treated. Right. We, uh, we're going to talk about Bill Gates coming to the conclusion that health news on the internet is not perfect. But first we want to talk about white coat hypertension. So how many people go to the doctor and their blood pressure is 180 over 100 yeah. and normally at home it's 120 over 70? Right. Well, here's the thing. Is that a bad thing or is that okay? And there was a big controversy that yeah. this so-called white coat hypertension was really not an illness. My doctor or the nurse who takes my blood pressure, I always ask, is it yeah. good? She says, ah, it's high, but you know, you're in the doctor's office. Right. How can you rely on anything, right? Is that well, what we're talking about? Generally speaking, what that means is that when you're in a situation of anxiety, right. the adrenaline levels, which are the stress hormones that come through your adrenal glands, right. are constricting your arteries, pumping up your heart function, yes. and raising your blood pressure. Yes. So the question is, is this a bad thing or something we could ignore? Now, what I have generally done is gotten an ambulatory blood pressure monitor and send it home. And then you can record what their blood pressures are at home. Now, yes. interestingly, people who do have a situation that's not good will have spikes in their blood pressures. Yeah. And then you could have a diary of their activity and you find out, well, this is when I was yelling at my mother. Yeah. Or this yeah. is when I had a test coming up. And so that should be assessed, and that's what they found out, is that if you have white coat hypertension, but no blood pressure raises at any other time, right. i.e. you're not on a blood pressure medicine already, right. it is a serious situation and needs to be addressed. And the question is whether there are medicines necessary, um, biofeedback, there are other ways to take care of the problem. Now, if you are on a blood pressure medication and you have a slight rise in your blood pressure, that doesn't seem to be as much of an issue as if you are not a known hypertensive and on medication. So, if your blood pressures are markedly elevated when you go to the doctor and you tell them, well, you know, I, I went to CVS the other day and it was normal, yeah, that is an issue. And the key way to diagnose it is to have an ambulatory blood pressure monitor you put on. You just need a blood pressure monitor you can take home. Yeah. yeah and then it automatically checks you yeah. and records the reading. And then it asks you to correlate what sort of stresses were you under. And if your blood pressure skyrockets under periods of stress, then that needs to be addressed. Bill Gates found the internet. Who knew? Who knew? He found the I internet. I thought Al Gore... Al Gore did. founded the internet. Claimed he did. Bill Gates found on his computer, apparently right there, the internet, and he started Googling health information. And then he discovered that the, the, the diseases that he, that, he, that he heard about on the internet were not the ones that were ending up being a real problem. Well, the real problem, the number one cause of death in the United States is still cardiac disease, okay? Right. But if you look at Google, everything ends in cancer. So the vast majority of Google searches for symptoms did not mention heart disease, did not mention anything that was in reality close. It was always cancer. So the what question is, yeah. how you know, wh what do you want to do to find out what's wrong with you? The number one cause of death in the United States is heart disease. After yeah. that is cancer. 
and then stroke, and then complications of diabetes and renal dysfunction, and then accidents, and then, you know, things like suicide. But Google is very skewed toward making everybody believe that they've got cancer. Are people coming into the office? Oh, my God. All the time with a piece of paper that's a printout? Yeah, it's a printout, and it says, you know, I've had this problem, and Google says I have cancer. Why aren't you treating me for cancer? And I'm not kidding. It's yeah. a real problem. And you don't even have a... Yours is not an oncology office. Yours is Well, you know, an internal medicine. Internal I, you medicine. wouldn't believe the number of cancers I thought. And really? There was a streak where I was sending people for surgery. So they had, you know, coronary artery disease. They had blockages. They had yeah. an angina. Um, and then during the operative evaluation in pre-op, they find a cancer. You know, and that happened in about six patients in the course of a year. But the lucky news was yeah. we caught it early. So there's always a concern for cancer, especially in smokers, right. people who have a family history of cancer. And so, you know, the, the key thing is, yes, cancer is the number two issue. But if you look at a Google search, if you look for symptoms and what Google suggests they are, it invariably leads to cancer. And I think that that's something you should take into account, that Google searches are skewed away from other illnesses toward cancer. And the other thing is, when you listed all those things that are the top killers, a lot of them boil down to uh, food from a box, processed food with extra sugar. I don't want to say ice cream, but you know. Come on. All right. That's, that's one of the five food groups. Five food groups. <laughs> All right. The, joking. It's joking. It, but, but bottom line is, if we took better care, we wouldn't get in a lot of these things. But, you know. The interesting thing out. also, yeah. what Bill Gates found, is the skewed media coverage of different things. And I think that. You know, you look at what the media covers, and that is homicide, yeah, uh, suicide, uh, terrorism. Yeah. You know, terrorism is less than 0.5% of the cause of death, right. but it gets 15% of the media coverage about death. Yeah. So the key thing, and let me tell you, 30% is heart disease, right. 28% of, the, of deaths is from cancer, uh, road accidents are 7%. Uh, lung disease, uh, like COPD, that's 7%. Alzheimer's is a big one, and yeah. it doesn't get much coverage. It should, because it's growing. Right. It's going to be a huge, huge problem. Us, are you part of the baby boom generation? I'm two? just on the end, born in 1963, puts me at the tail of the baby boom. Yeah. yeah. So us baby boomers are headed that way. And you know why? Why? We're living longer. Yeah. Amen. You know? I'm in favor of that. Yep. Theoretically. Yeah. So it's skewed, and I think that what we need to do is get back into the correct way of viewing things. And, and that is don't rely on Google searches for you to decide. Go to your doctor. He or she is going to evaluate you without the bias that Google's going to have. We've been uh, dancing around the topic. We're at the Man Expo at the Jim Graham Building. Man Expo continues tomorrow. I, I say we've been dancing around the back. topic. 
You want to come back? I'm and coming do the show. back. This is great. Show. You know what we could do? We set up the microphones and not even involve the transmitter or the radio. Station. Right. We won't even tell them. Just Jack. We'll just talk here for another six hours tomorrow. Here's the thing. When we talked about man health, there's only one topic that every guy thinks of, especially guys over the age of 50. I'm going to ask my impertinent question okay. about man health coming up next on Heart Health News Radio 680 WPTF. Now, back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919 890 9783. You know, and here's the funny thing. We haven't given that telephone number out very much. Well, we've been busy here. We've been busy here. 919-860-9783. Okay. Hey, go ahead and call up, but I really need to get a couple of things off the table because it, it's the Man Expo. Got to get them off your chest. I have a doc or somewhere else, and I got a doctor here, and I, we're talking about health things and man health. And I got a specific question. You, you have me scared, man. Uh, you should be. Here's the thing. I know that there are intrusive uh, exams for everybody. Okay? Almost everybody's got an intrusive exam story. And women do, too. But when a woman's pregnant, she can go into a, a, an office and they put jelly on her belly and they sit her next to a computer. And they can... They can take a look at the baby. Yeah. And they can determine through measurements accurate to the micro smidgen. They can determine whether that baby was conceived the night of the bowling banquet Mm -hmm. or two weeks earlier Mm -hmm. on tequila night. Okay. Okay. But when a man turns 50. Right. He... His relationship with his doctor changes. Okay. And he has to have a specific exam. Okay. My question doesn't mean isn't why do we have to have that exam? You mean a colonoscopy? No, it's a it's a just in the office quick 10 second. You mean a rectal exam? The question I have why do they call it a digital exam? If, in fact, it is the most analog exam oh you're ever going to take in your oh entire life. Oh, my God. All right. So it's done with the finger called the digit. Like the index finger is the digit. Right. The digit. That's why it's a digital The exam. digit. Why analog. are we having these exams? Uh, well, let me tell you. <coughs> Sorry about that. When I, you got me you know, a little choked upset. up. Yeah. Um, we used to do it on everybody. Every time they were in the office. Every time. Every time. And you I know can what remember you found? as a resident. Nobody showed up. Yeah. Yeah. As okay. as a resident. Yeah. We would do it on our patients admitted. <laughs> I remember at Johns Hopkins spending a lot of time learning how to do it correctly. How oh. to you know you put your finger in. Okay, thank you. Yes. You know, and you turn it all about. <laughs> You know, just like what's that? What's that song? Do you sing the hokey you put pokey your song? Right foot in. Anyway, this, you know, you know what? There was a saying among residents: if you don't put your finger in it, yeah. you put your foot in it. That, i.e., you make a huge mistake. And you know, learning what the prostate's supposed to feel like, yeah. learning what a mass in the rectum is supposed to feel. They yeah. had models, yeah, plastic models. We would did. stick our finger in them. And we would close our eyes and wiggle it around. Oh, there's the cancer. 
And if you didn't get it right, you were in trouble. They yeah. even had rubber prostates, like seven of them. Okay, where's the mass? Uh, right upper quadrant, correct. Uh, no mass. You missed it. You missed it. But we don't do them anymore. Now, let me tell you what should be done, yes. but is not done. It's the prostate ultrasound, the, okay. the rectal ultrasound. It's just like the stethoscope yes. is a good thing for yes. a screening tool. Right. But you want to know about the heart? Yeah. Cardiac ultrasound and echocardiogram. Yeah. So my feeling would be they should pay for these scopes, and they're not that expensive. Yeah. And you, you slide them in there. They're a little bigger than a finger. Yeah. But they've got ultrasound that can create a picture. And so you can, you know, I try to get them, and I can't get them. You can't find them to buy the them? The radiologists don't do them. They don't, they make these probes. You yeah. can order them. But for some reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, they don't pay for them. The insurance company. The insurance company will and not pay for And especially like Medicare. That. They won't pay for prostate and ultrasound. this is a cancer screening tool. Yeah, but you know what's really good for that now? What's we just that? came out with the, the study. MRI. Really? MRI of the prostate is wonderful. Now, I thought you were going to talk about colonoscopy. You know what I had yesterday? No. I had my colonoscopy. A, a hamburger and a surprise? <laughs> well, that's what, that's what my GI doctor found. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had my colonoscopy, Dr. Christopher Jordan yes. in Smithfield, North Carolina. It was a wonderful experience. I had three polyps, okay. little sessile. That means they were like, you know, just lying there. Yeah. We took them out. Okay. I went home. I slept for 14 hours. <laughs> Propofol is yeah. a magic yeah, yeah. drug. Yeah. So everybody's worried that they're going to be awake during this procedure. I mean, I had a little IV put in. It was done in the doctor's office. Yes. There was an anesthesiologist there. They okay. gave me the Michael Jackson juice, i.e. Propofol. Okay. I remember just this wonderful feeling coming over me, you know, by Chris. And, and I woke it? up. Yeah. And he told me I didn't feel a thing. Now, I, Chris, you're going to be mad. I didn't do that seawater prep, you know, go lightly. Have you had one? No. You haven't had You need one at age 50. Do you understand that you I need signed one at age a 50. release from my doctor? That you wouldn't have one. That I wouldn't have one. Let me tell you. Yeah. It was a great experience. So they, they make you do this prep called go lightly or half lightly. It's a gallon of seawater, essentially. And it tastes yeah. like seawater. Yeah. There's a new prep. Yeah. Well, it's been around. I got mine off the Mayo Clinic website, and Chris is going to be mad at me, but it's Gatorade and Miralax. Yeah. 64 ounces of Gatorade. Can't be red, though, because it'll look like blood. Oh, yeah. So you, you get a that. clear, you know, yeah. I had the, I can't remember what flavor it was. And you mix a ton of Miralax in it, and you start taking eight-ounce glasses every 10 minutes. The next yeah. thing you know, you're on the toilet, as uh, Archie yeah. would say, Archie Bunker, and you're, and you're cleaned out. I lost four pounds. Yeah. I'm serious. Okay, I want to follow up. I got a follow-up question for yeah. that, but am I correct that no matter what, they say that you need to have this done? Yeah, once. It's not that you're, it's not that the doctor has noticed something and then is following up okay. with this test. Of all the screening tools, mammograms, yeah. uh, bone density, all these screening tools, the colonoscopy has proven to prevent death. If you find a polyp, like for example, my polyp. Yeah. The reason why I had one at five years instead of 10 years, I had one at 50, and then I had one at 55. I had polyps. So the polyps were removed, they were looked at under a microscope, and they weren't cancerous. But 
those people with polyps have a higher chance of developing colon cancer. So the reason why I recommend it is, and people can refuse and I don't get upset, yeah. but it really does prevent death. And I would recommend it for everybody according to the screening guideline. Okay. And mine was great. I mean, no, listen, I wouldn't sign up for it on a Friday afternoon as opposed to doing something else. Yeah. But my, my experience was I went in, they put an IV in, I went to sleep. Yeah. I mean, totally sure. out. The anesthesiologist monitored me, gave me the appropriate... I bit my lip sometime during the procedure. I know that because it hurts. Yeah. But I woke up, and I didn't even know I had it. It was wonderful. All right. Absolutely wonderful. I hate to say, while we're there, that do you have a follow-up news story related to this at all? Because I see what's sitting in front of me. Well, you know, we can transplant things. Yeah, Hearts, yep. kidneys. Yep. There is a diarrhea disorder called Clostridium difficile, and it's bad, and it's yeah. infectious. Sure. When you take certain antibiotics, about one in 10,000 times, it wipes out the protective bacteria, and this nasty organism called Clostridium difficile grows up, produces a bad toxin, tears up your colon, yeah. and makes you go like there's no tomorrow. So it's a treat. Right, and the treatment is usually something called metronidazole, but so many of these bacteria now are resistant. And so vancomycin, so many bacteria now are resistant. So we went all the way back to the original therapy, which was a fecal enema. So they would take a healthy person's feces, grind them up, put them in salt water, and use an enema, and it would help, because right. it would replace the normal healthy bacteria, which sort of crowd out the clostridium. Now they do it with a fecal transplant. So they take somebody's healthy bacteria, they put it in capsules, and you swallow them. Here's the problem. You gotta test those healthy people for bad illnesses. And they say, wait a minute, he's healthy. You can be a care. And it's an E. coli that killed this guy. He had an immunosuppressed disorder. And so, And we can only begin. Are we done? We're done. This no way. is heart health from the Man Expo WPTF. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.